Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Well, what's going to happen to Peter? It's over. Pastor Mark, how do we have him teaching? I mean, he's a failed elder. He's a failed apostle. How's he teaching? Well, one day, Jesus, after the resurrection, got with Peter. I'd like to have been there to hear what Jesus said. But because of Jesus' grace, here's something I want you to write down this morning. He restored Peter. He restored Peter. Write this down. Failure is not final because of God's grace. How often have we told ourselves that we're useless to the kingdom of God because of falling into sin again? It can be really hard to get back up after failing to maintain the standards we know are expected of us. Certainly, none of us have done what Peter did, denied knowing Jesus almost to his face. Pastor Mark, teaching from 1 Peter, reminds us of God's grace and forgiveness, using Peter's experience as an example. We need to learn to ignore our accusing inner voice as well as the false accusations of our adversary, the devil, and walk in God's grace and mercy. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in 1 Peter chapter 5 with part one of his message, God's Leadership Plan, Shepherds and Sheep. First Peter chapter 5. If you take this shepherd out of the picture, is there a problem with the sheep? Exactly. So here's what you need to understand. Leadership is crucial in every area of life, including the church. See, God designed leaders, humans, to lead his church. Now, this is God's goal of leadership. We learned last week that every Christian has a gift, a God-given gift, and you're to serve God and do excellence with it. And that gifts were found in Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. This is a different group of lists. This is people that God has given a responsibility to. <coughs> Take a look. Now, these are the ministry leader gifts. So these are people that Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. So these are people. I'm an example of one. We have elders here in the church. I'm an example of a pastor teacher that God gave me that gift. Now, what am I supposed to do with it? What's a pastor teacher in a church supposed to do with it? Look at the next line. Their responsibility is to equip God's people Who is God's people here this morning? If you're God's people, raise your hand. Good. So it's the congregation. It's the people. I'm to equip God's people to do his work. 
Well, no, that's not right, Pastor Mark. Something's wrong with that verse. You're to do the work. We just sit out here and enjoy it. No, that is not right. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So the main purpose of the church and these ministry gifts, pastors, elders, shepherds, overseers, apostles, is to bring you into spiritual maturity and so that you can go out and change your world. Of course, I'm doing the same thing to my own self as I'm trying to teach you. Now watch what Peter says in verse one of chapter five. To the elders, I appeal as a fellow elder. Now, Peter is writing to other pastors. And you'll see in a moment, elders, pastors, shepherds are all the same. He's writing to them. He's encouraging them how they should function in their church. Now, many of those churches in those days would be like our churches in China, our churches in India, our churches in many other parts of North Korea. They're going to be underground churches. So he's saying to these elders, pastors, here's how you are to do church. Now, notice how he starts it. A fellow elder. Peter humbly doesn't say, well, I was one of the 12 original apostles. And you need to respect me. You're just an elder. No, he doesn't do that at all. He doesn't even bring up that he was one of the original 12 apostles. He says, we're together in this. We're family. I'm just an elder and I'm just like you. Now that's huge because Peter was a very proud person. So obviously This is happening around 35 years after Jesus went back to heaven. So he's learned a lot in those years. He is basically saying what I already told you, that God uses humans to lead the church. That's what he does. Now, you're going to see some things that are together. And I want you to look at this. In the Bible, starting in Old Testament, For some reason, the Bible often speaks about the analogy of humans, you and I, that we're sheep. And the leaders, as humans, are shepherds. They're interchangeable. Let me show you what I have, because these terms are going to be interchangeable as I go through this passage of Scripture. So if you look at an elder, or a pastor, or a shepherd, an apostle, an overseer, all those words are the same person. It's the same ministry gift. They're just leading the church. Those are human beings that got appointed, gifted to do specifically that. Now, who is the church? Well, that's the Christ followers, the congregation and the sheep. Now, notice two words. In the Bible, all those leaders are actually also called shepherds. All of the human people, Christ followers, are actually not just the congregation, they're called sheep. So what you're going to see today is, I am in that Old Testament and New Testament principle. Uh, Jesus talked about it in John 10, John 15. He called the people sheep, and he says, I'm the good shepherd. So I'm a shepherd this morning. 
one of many elders and pastors in our church, and you are. Okay, so you have to practice that with a neighbor, not saying I'm sheep. I just want you to turn to him and go, bah, come on now, everybody, come on, come on, everybody, bah, exactly right. Now, let me ask you a question. Do bah need a leader? Exactly. It's called a shepherd. You got it. You got it. We can go home now. We're done. Why are you clapping, some of you out there? No, we're not done. You just got here, by the way. All right, now, that principle that we're going to study here, there's two parts we're going to do it. I'm going to give you principles for elders, pastors, teachers, shepherds, how they're supposed to live, how we're supposed to lead. Then I'm going to give you, as the sheep, ah, people, how you're supposed to respond to the shepherd. You got it? Now, these leadership principles that we're going to study are good really for any leader in your home. If you're a small group leader, these principles are good. And actually the principles to the people are good for your children and people. If you're a boss for your employees, here we go. Peter says, I'm an elder, but I'm also a witness. Peter witnessed the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of that, he saw the love that Jesus died for the people. And so he would be a witness. He was one that originally got, he failed Jesus. You'll see that in a moment. But he then, because he had a heart, as he saw what Jesus did, died for all sinners, which is of course one of Peter. He was going to be a witness to tell people everywhere of the good news and about Jesus and how you could have a relationship with him. Now notice what he says in the first part of verse two. Look at it. Be shepherds of whose flock? Okay, so that means you are not my flock. Indirectly you are, but you're really the flock of who? God. Jesus is the real great shepherd. You got it. You got it? So what am I? I'm actually an under shepherd. I'm under the real shepherd. We're all under the real shepherd, Jesus. But he appointed individuals, all of our pastors and elders, we're under shepherds. We respond ultimately to him. So do you. But there's an in-between. God chose humans to shepherd his people, his sheep. Now, he's reminding those spiritual leaders, it's not their flock, it's God's. Let me give you... Quickly, a summary of something this morning. Now listen, Peter knows what he's doing because he got a command from Jesus. I'll read you to save time this morning. Remember, Peter failed one time. He was in the upper room with Jesus and Jesus said, I'm going to the cross. And Peter said, well, if the rest of these 11 disciples, these apostles fail you, I'm your man. I'll never fail you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, Peter, you're going to deny me actually three times before the rooster crows. Peter went, no way, Jose. Did he? Three times. We talk about bad sins. I, in the Bible, can't actually find a worse sin than somebody that every day for three years got up in the morning and followed Jesus to say 
to people who were quizzing him. I never knew the man three times. There's nothing worse to me than that at all. And so when he did that, it devastated him because Jesus, who was being beaten while he did that, looked out at Peter and the rooster crowed. Well, what's going to happen to Peter? It's over. Pastor Mark, how do we have him teaching? I mean, he's a failed elder. He's a failed apostle. How's he teaching? Well, one day Jesus, after the resurrection, got with Peter. I'd like to have been there to hear what Jesus said. But because of Jesus' grace, here's something I want you to write down this morning. He restored Peter. He restored Peter. Write this down. Failure is not final because of God's grace. Anyone want to say amen right there? Because we fail all the time. So I can't point my finger at Peter. Hello. I fail and so do you. And so God restored him. And then later on the shores of Galilee... We meet over here at this place called Tapka, right on the Sea of Galilee. And that's where Jesus not only restored Peter, he'd already done that, but he recommissioned him into the ministry. Let me read it to you very quickly. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? And Peter responded, yes, Lord, you, you know I love you. Now listen. And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, what time? The third time, is anything going through Peter's mind? Okay, we're going back there again, huh? No, he goes right on. Look at the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, I love Peter's response, Lord, You know all about me. You know my inside from my outside. You know my pride. You know my failure. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Look at verse 2. Look what Peter says to these pastors. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Now, where did he get that idea from Jesus? That is a command to me. That's a command to all of our pastors and elders. My responsibility is to be shepherd of God's flock. You are under my care. Ultimately, you're not under my care. You're under the great shepherd's care. But God chose humans. So God places people in the church called pastor teachers so the shepherds can take care of them. How widespread is that? What does that look like? Well, here's some things you could write down because this is the responsibility myself, Pastor Dave, Jonathan, TJ, Pastor Bull, Pastor David, and Sebastian, all the elders. This is our responsibility. Look at next. Here it is. We're to feed, which means to teach you. We're to lead you. You have to have a leader. 
If things get difficult and we have to rule over a decision and we ask God, what should we do in this area? When we grew too much, at one point we had four services on a weekend, two on Saturday night and two on Sunday. And I was dead Sunday afternoon, four services. And eventually we knew we had to build here. So we went to God, brought it to the people and said, just pray because God's going to do it. That's why we're in this sanctuary. Now, we have to love you. We have to guard you, and we have to warn you. These are all the things that a shepherd does. It's just a normal thing. And so that is the responsibility of a shepherd, of a pastor, of an elder. And of course, all with that comes all kind of other things that we have to do. Of course, we have to know you. Pastor Mark, can you name all 8,000 people that come this weekend? Uh, No, but I can see your face. I can love on you and I can shake your hand and just can't know everybody, but you have small groups where everybody knows you by your name. But what the main responsibility of shepherd is simply this. I'm to feed you the Bible so you know how to do life right. Well, Pastor Mark, where'd you get that idea? Feed, feed. We're talking spiritual feeding. Look at what Jesus said. It is written Man doesn't live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So my responsibility is something interesting. I want you to follow the logic and you'll see it very clearly. If you're a farmer and you have cows and pigs, basically, and our farms today, many of those, especially pigs, You, as a farmer, are going to feed the pig. They're in some kind of a fence area. You're going to go and feed them. That's very different than sheep. Can you see a shepherd saying to the sheep, Yeah, sheepy, 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 sheepy. I got something for you. Come right here. No, what does a shepherd do? A shepherd takes the sheep and he leads them to good pasture. And then does the shepherd go here, here? No, the sheep feed, come on, feed themselves. Aha. Do you know what my role is? To feed you by taking you to good pasture. Explain the word, make sure that you understand you can apply it. Here's how to do life right. Give it to you and then say to you, enjoy. You say, well, I kind of get that, Pastor Mark. Well, let me give you an illustration. I'm feeding you this morning. Whatever pastors at our campuses and they're teaching, they're feeding you. The word of God. Let's say physically, let's move away from the spiritual for a moment. Let's say You just had your last meal this morning, or if you haven't had it, you'll have it at lunch for the next seven days. The next meal you'll get is when you show back up in church next Sunday. No food for seven days. How will you get out of your car and come in here? Zippity-doo-dah, zippity. No, we got the ambulance out there. I can't get in. I'm starving to death. Does that make sense to you? Okay. Okay, here we are. We're here. I'm feeding you a meal from God. 
a meal from God. The next meal you have from God is next Sunday. If you even come every week. Well, what happens during the rest of the week? You're starving spiritually. And I am going to fail at maturing you. Because you have not fed yourself the word of God. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Well, how do I feed myself, Pastor Mark? It's called your devotion time in the morning. You get me? My role is not as you come in. Have a spoonful. Thank you. Have a spoonful. Thank you. Have a spoonful. For some of the real little Christians, have a bottle. Have a bottle. Have a bottle. No. I'm here to teach you to feed yourselves. But most Christians don't get it. I'm going to come here and you will starve to death. You'll never be mature because the great shepherd wants to know you. And the only way that can happen is have a quiet time. Do a devotional. Be in the word. Go over the video again. It's free. Listen to it again because you'll always pick up something different. Do you know I have people that come? Many people come to two services. You know why? Because I'm usually different in every service. That's because I'm not brilliant. I just teach the word of God. Now, the principles are different, but I don't memorize my sermons. So I just let the spirit do things that are different. You say, you didn't say that for that church because you needed it. They didn't need it. Okay, now, are you all right with me? Okay, here we go. By the way, thank you for being not just hearers, but doers of the word of God. Then he says, look at verse two, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as over seers. That's another word kind of like for bishop, an overseer. Pastors oversee the flock. That means I guard, I warn. Why? By the way, what are you? Okay, good. Some of you a little slow. (laughs) You know, sheep in the Bible. No, I won't even go there. Okay. Your sheep. Well, what's with the bear and the lion and the wolf? You know what that's a representation of? Satan and his demons. What is the goal of Satan? Steal, hello, kill, destroy. Now you take the shepherd out of the picture. And what's going to happen to the sheep? They're done. Think about it spiritually. You're here this morning and there's no one leading your life. You're leading your own life. And that's why you're miserable. Because you go down the wrong path. You'd have no purpose. You have no meaning. You can't figure out how to do this. You were never meant to do life without the shepherd. It cannot be done. Because you have somebody leading you who is destroying you and wants to spare you nothing because he wants you to spend hell with him forever. Today, Pastor Mark began teaching us about God's plan for leadership in the local assembly of believers. Sometimes we can be distrustful of our leaders because of abuses we've seen or experienced. We were reminded that the abuses don't negate the original intent that God has for the church. We also learned some of the character qualities that leaders must have. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. 
Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will continue this teaching. We will be reminded of God's unending grace and how it can cover any sin we might commit if we'll ask for forgiveness. We will learn more about the qualifications God requires from those who want to be leaders in His church, particularly the qualities of humility and the willingness to serve, not be served. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Prison Break. That's next time on Lessons for Living.